Marcus of Farshti. Welcome to episode three, surprisingly so, of the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Buchel podcast. It's Misha Bart Simpson, aka Calf, aka Johnny Cigarette. I uh, I meant to record this episode yesterday, but I ended up getting a lot busier than I originally thought I would. I thought I'd try my hand at the uh, the character design challenge. It's like a thing that like runs across social media and they give like a theme each month and it was nothing nothing particularly stood out this month to me but I just kind of have a week off so I thought I'd give that a shot pursue a couple of personal projects it's nice including this of course uh so I was working on that all day worked in and begrudgingly in flash uh decided to challenge myself to see how, how clean and crisp I could make it with such a you know trash trash program I know what you're thinking straight off the bat you're thinking there's Cav again drinking the tea tea from the snake mug but I'm I'm afraid now my friends it's uh it's uh it's hot chocolate it's a it was an old sachet of hot chocolate that I stole from Ikea a couple of months ago almost a year I'd say at this stage um it's pretty fucking good what I was intending to have was these little they're like salted caramel mocha sachets that my parents just keep sending over. I've never, like, it's not the case that I would, would have had them before or had an opportunity to miss them, but yet they just, you know, thought I would thoroughly enjoy them, and I obviously did because there's none left. But uh, after I finished the, the the drawing yesterday, I went and met up with my friend uh, William Trebuton. He's a, he's a French guy. And he was giving me a, a new tattoo. He's like uh, kind of semi-professional at the moment, so he's just like uh, so. I was letting him work away. So he gave me a, a tasty, a tasty uh, blade on my uh, on my upper arm. It's my first. I was like, you've you've left your mark. You've uh, you've marked your territory. My arm is no longer a virgin no more. It's not. It's uh, you've taken off the lace glove and you've kissed each individual finger gone all the way but um is that Billy Billy yeah um but uh so yeah and then you know we uh it, it was it's pretty rough I gotta say it was um it was because it, it, every like other tattoos that I have it's always been on the legs and I feel like it's like a it's like a thicker surface it's like drawn onto like a piece of like the back of like a cereal box when you'd be doing like an art attack back in the day um but um yeah it was yeah but it, it came out really fucking nice it's uh it's very like kind of like half kind of like a, a, like Italian mafia inspired and half kind of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando with the with the particular knife the brand of knife that it is um and then yeah we went for like a couple of beers afterwards which after because he's given me another he gave me another tattoo before as well he gave me a tiny little palm tree uh on my like lower ankle um it was always just you know I just thought oh keep a little you know keep a little paradise in the in in my pocket sort of thing and uh but uh, but the last time, remember, we like went for beers afterwards. Had like maybe like two beers, something like that. Fucked, like completely done. 
and then, the, but this thing is as well, this was like the middle of the day, and my, I'll tell you one thing, my friends, one thing I fucking hate is daytime drinking. Never a good time, it's a, it's a complete blowout. But, um, yeah, I remember like last time, uh, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, see you later, au revoir, or whatever, and then I like fucking started, just stumble around into Manhattan, then I was just like, oh fuck, I need to sober up fast, this is not... Don't like the the dizziness and like baby sun from the Teletubbies combined, and uh, so I think I like wolfed down like two dollar slices or whatever first to like get some you know get some 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 something into my stomach at least, and then got like a black coffee and then decided to just go into the Strand bookstore which is one of my favorites over here and basically just peruse books until I was like learned enough knowledge that would push the toxins out of my head. And uh, I would be back on back on my feet again, and it worked. Uh, puked into a into a Jane Eyre, and then closed the book again and put it back again. Um, so I don't think that's like a bookmark anybody's gonna be eager to find. Although I don't think anybody is eager to find somebody else's bookmark. You're you're obviously gonna look for your own. But um, yeah, and then uh, what, but anyway, this time around, like we were, we were talking while we were like having a beer, and I was like, you know, what what do you miss the most about France? And he's like thinking about it, and uh, you know, I was kind of saying more so like kind of like food, like I hands down gotta say like the the there's a gaping hole in my heart, a uh, a gouda roll shaped hole in my heart for a little. Oh boy, like I'd be in there like every day after college fucking just oh it's just such a treat so fucking cheap Marks and Spencer's on the other hand like Marks and Spencer's is almost like uh little is like my cheap uh Estonian girlfriend and Marks and Spencer's is my kind of like upper class uh English um middle-aged like kind of well-to-do sort of wife you know if I was like a fucking businessman prick some yuppie cunt but uh, but he ended up saying he was like, I think it is the case, uh, you know, it's the it's the people. He's like, uh, here, you know, uh, you miss everybody so friendly and so open and always ready for you. And you know, you could talk to anybody in this bar, have a conversation at home. I try to do that when I go home. It's like no, they 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 turn up your nose at them. But the thing is as well, is that they, you know where you stand with the French. You know where you stand, it sounds so much like the Tony Cantwell thing right now. You know where you stand with the French. They can let you, you know, but you know when you have a friend in France over here, you never know they could be like, and I, you know, I, I could kind of see what it's saying. I think, feel like it's the same as well. Like a lot of, it's it's just, it, sometimes it's just difficult over here. Like you, I think originally coming over here, like, oh, I can't wait to make, you know, American pals and stuff like that. And then the day you end up just fucking hanging out with Irish people because they're, like it's just so sad and everybody like it's the same humor and everybody just gets on so well you like try a kind of like sarcastic or situational joke with a yank not happening you just go straight over the head but um and then yeah i think proceeded then to get the like subway home left the bar at like half 12 or one or something like that H- had a couple of guinness not too shabby nice creamy pint gotta say um but i got onto the train and Oh, like, full-on smells of horse piss, and it's like, you know, you look, I look, kind of look around or whatever, and it's obviously, you know, there's a homeless dude there, kind of, like, muttering to himself. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind of guy, I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. You know, I've seen people get aggressive with these kind of guys or girls on the fucking subway, 
but I just, you know, I, if anything, I just, like, out of respect, just sat down opposite him, just didn't say, kind of just, like, kind of try to help, hold my breath as much as possible, and I just kind of thought, it's just, like, that's, that's the case here, it's, like, this guy is, like, obviously not well, he's very much, like, kind of, he's not in a right, like, mental health right now, or physical health, like, one of his feet looked like a, like a fucking, tr- like a t- toadstool, like a fucking tree trunk, I was like, it's just so fucking, once in a year, it was like another thing myself and Will were talking about yesterday, like, first thing that the doctor asked for over here is a fucking credit card, but anyway, fuck it, I'm in tip-top shape, um, so thankfully I at least don't have to worry as much about that, uh, yeah, this one I'm gonna talk about, this episode I'm gonna tell a couple of stories, me thinks, from, um, my time working in a jungle cafe, my friends, jungle cafe is a uh, vegan restaurant in uh, Greenpoint, um, from, you know, whispers and, uh, murmurs on the street, I've here, I put my ear to the ground, I look, I, I peep through the manhole, I hear things, uh, I, I, I've been told that, uh, it was actually, it was actually run by a cult, there is actually a cult in, in Greenpoint called the Golden Drums, this fucking place is run by a cult, um, very much kind of like very hippie-esque, spiritual-esque, like one of the head didn't believe in like Eastern medicine and just would, apparently like broke his leg one time and he just, he would just like massage it each morning instead of like going to a fucking doctor and he's like, now nah, it's like good as new and I was like, ooh, I think that's a dodgy limb you've got on you there, friend. But, um, yeah, I think one, the food in there, it was pretty good. I mean, like, I'm not vegan or vegetarian. I probably told them I was at the time. But for the most part, I feel like I am. I rarely meet these days just because, if anything, it's just, like, more expensive over here. Plus, you know, you got to do your part as well at the same time. But, uh, oh, I'm, you know, there was, there, there's such a fine list. It's like a fucking... It's like, where do you fucking begin uh, in terms of the, the amount of characters, like the fucking Simpsons or something? I think, I think it's good to start probably with this this duo, this, this is a, this is a two-man act that, uh, originally met in, um, was it 2000, 2016, 2016, 2015, these guys, Peter and Frank, so, you know, I was a, not a fucking chef or anything, like, I was a waiter, and, uh, you know, I was doing my rounds, and I wasn't even serving these two guys, and uh, they, I, I just goes, hey, you know, guys, uh, top off your water there or whatever. And they're like, thank you. You know, real Long Island boys. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they kind of start talking. They obviously noticed from when I'm talking to, like, another couple that um, they noticed the Irish accent. And they're like, oh, you're from Ireland. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then they're like, uh, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how long are you here for? And they're like, listen, Keith. Are you an artist by any chance? And I was like, holy shit, these guys like are mind readers or something. And uh, I was like, yes, I am. And they're like, have you worked? What uh, what do you work with? Have you worked with paint? And I was like, yeah, I work. Um, not so much like acrylics. Uh, but I like kind of like what. And he's like, Keith, I'll stop you there. We're looking to renovate our townhouse. It's only a couple of blocks away. Do you think that's something that you would be interested in, Keith? And I mean, like, I was making like enough to live by in jungle, but I was like, oh, you know wouldn't mind an extra couple of books or whatever, um, so I was like, yeah, sure, and they gave me their card, and then it was like, uh, they were like used automobile people or whatever, 
And I called him up the next day and went home and I told Stefan about it. And I was like, hey, like, you know, if you want to get in on this? And he was like, yeah, definitely. And then basically I ended up being like the foreman on this team. And we like brought in like Kay Wayne, Aaron, uh, who the fuck else? Uh, Baz, Andy Lachnan, like, like just like this whole like kind of team together. It was nuts. But for the most part, it was like usually just kind of like painting and... You know, I think I, like, cleaned the shit out of a fridge one day or something like that. Basically, people have been living there for the last 10 years. And so they... So they wanted to, like, renovate because they were, like, renting it out again. But, um... So, yeah, we... So, the way we work out, it was, like, get up at, like, 8, work, and get there, in there for 9, and work there till about 3. And at the time, then, I, I think I'd get, like, take an hour have lunch in Taco Bell, my personal favourite at the time, it's very much changed, uh, and then go into work in Jungle then, which was pretty fucking nice, I don't understand, I like, feel like I've got like gotten old at this stage, I couldn't even dream of feel like doing like something like that again, but uh, yeah, basically I got in, I think I, I was, um, went in by myself one time, uh, like quite early in the morning, and usually, like, which one was it, Peter? Peter was like a lot more kind of like, Frank was quite an eccentric character and usually most of the time we'd be dealing with Peter. But that morning when I arrived, it was just Peter, or uh, just Frank there. And he didn't really know what to do. And he's, you know, Keith, I'm going to give you this job. And what I want you to do is, I want you to paint the bathroom scene. Is that something you think you can do, Keith? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And it was like pretty fucking dodgy. Set up, I had like a... Uh, I had like a ladder in the bath, like two of the legs of the batter, ladder in the bath, two of them on the tile, so it was like very rickety. And he goes, okay, well, what I need you to do as well, okay, would you be able to change that light bulb up there? And I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. And uh, I just, I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, be careful. And he, it was almost like he could just, would just keep kind of like panning across the door and he would just like keep coming back and forth. And I was like, where is he? Playing a little hide and seek, kiss chasing. Um, but he, uh, but he goes, but make sure, Keith, do not drop the, the light cover because it's very expensive. It's an antique. It's my mother's. Everything in this fucking house is antique. It's very cool. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I kind of like twisting off. Like, what the fuck is in the fucking lamp, like the glass? I'm going to fucking take it off the ceiling. Fucking black widow spider. And I, you know, I'm on this fucking ladder first off. I'm like fucking like whatever, like four feet off the ground, I kind of, like, you know, jump back, and I'm like, fuck, I almost dropped the fucking thing, realising then, thankfully, it's dead, um, when he slides past again, I kind of, I'm, like, making conversation, I was like, jeez, like, Frank, I got a fucking fright there, I thought there was a fucking big spider in the, in the fucking lab thing, and he goes, <sighs> he sighed, and he said, uh, Keith, let me just remind you that you and your friends that your safety is of the utmost importance while you're here. I'm actually, and this was fucking news to me, I thought they were fucking, like, they were just, uh, used, they were, like, retired chefs and now, like, old car enthusiasts, but then he's like, I'm actually head of the, of the, uh, Brooklyn Horticultural Society. I was like, this is fucking news to me, because that spider now would not have hurt you. What you gotta watch out for is the brown 
I don't know what the fuck it was called. Brown Sneaky Spider, something like that. It's a little pet name. Uh, and they're the ones that fucking get you. They're the ones, they'll be in the, the woods. And uh, they, uh, you know, you're walking around, something like that. One of them jumps onto your leg. If by you, you'll be dead within an hour. An hour, Keith? It's like, fucking hell, man. Thanks for fucking spooking me. So anyway, yeah, we can... Oh, I kind of like... It took like maybe like a month or something like that. Maybe it was like closer to two weeks. It's hard to say. But, um... Yeah, we got it fucking done and they invited us over for like... A, a big succulent Chinese meal. And, uh... It was fucking really nice. And then out of nowhere then, fucking Frank whips out this, uh... Vape. And I was like, what the fuck? It looked like a fucking fancy, like, Louis Vuitton juice box. And he just starts passing it around, and he goes, now, guys, just breathe it in. It's all natural. It's nothing to worry about. And I was like, Jesus, I did not take these guys for the kind of... The boys will be doing this sort of thing. But, got, like, very much anosis, like, homemade wine as well. And I remember just uh, Stefan coming in at one stage after getting, like, another plate of this noodle dish that was lovely. And the two of us very much, like tiny eyed at this stage and uh I was like Cam he's like are there let's have peanuts in this and I like took a little bite of it and I was like oh I was like definitely and seven was like uh, supposed to be very allergic to peanuts but alright he was uh the cards were in his favour that night my friends the not allergy cards but um yeah we he, they actually came into the restaurant again and I met up and we all went out, uh, we went over to theirs for dinner and the exact same thing happened. I wouldn't be surprised if they just ordered the exact same thing off the menu, exact same vape as well. But they told me about how they used to, uh, Frank used to work for, he was a personal chef to the people that uh, owned Rolling Stone magazine. And somewhere in like, I think it was like Long Island or something like that. And so he would personally like prepare. And the food company they ordered from was uh, the same as the uh, presidential, the same at, uh, like at the time that uh, Obama would have been ordering from. And because obviously there was no budget, he was literally order, able to order anything he wanted. And he told me about this is amazing. He ordered these peaches, these golden peaches that on, are only come out for three weeks in the year and they come wrapped in gold leaf. I was just like fuck, and it was like seventy dollars for a box of these peaches or something nuts like that. Um, and then he said whatever about like these like zebra tomatoes and stuff like that, where it's like they're like striped with like yellow and green. Oh, fucking nuts! Very cool guys, though. Very very nice. And obviously thanked them again for welcoming them into our home, giving us all a nice little job opportunity. But it was very cool. Another, another two uh, elderly men. That I was quite fond of in there. Mm. What the heck was that? It was one of the guy's names. Was it like Bird or something like that? But basically it's this old guy. He lived in Greenpoint. He lived in the YMCA. Come in every day. And um, always get the corn chowder soup. Which I thoroughly enjoyed as well. But I knew like uh, like I got to know him then at one stage and I'd always know he liked a cup of soup, but it had to be served in a bowl though. And he would just sit there and he would take these like conference calls all day in the restaurant. Um, and then 
this other guy came in one day while I was Bruce. Bruce was the name of that guy, not Bert. Bruce. And then this other guy came in one day and uh, holy cow, these two guys were the absolute fucking spits of each other. So this other guy, this old man comes in one day and he's chatting away to me, notices the Irish accent. And he's like, oh, you're from Ireland. Yeah, you're from Ireland. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and he's chatting away. He's a really fucking cool guy. And he goes, I remember. He goes, I remember back in the 20s in like in Brooklyn and the Irish Americans and the Ita- Ita- Italians, we would all fight. We would all fight on the street. I never had. I always loved the Irish, but I hated the Irish Americans. And I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, back in the day, they used to call the Irish Americans narrowbacks because they didn't have a fucking spine. And I was like, oh, my God, amazing. I was like, this guy is the closest thing I'll probably ever get to having an Italian-American grandfather. I was like, this is so fucking cool. And he was like to me, he was like, Keith, you you fucking run in this joint and what's... He goes, I fucking like this establishment. And I was like, no, I'm just like a lowly server my friend and uh but then you know the other the other guy bruce he's in the toilet one station i was like francesco you um you you come in here to like meet your brother or something yeah you know just a just a a common guess and he was like oh no my brother oh my brother and i was like oh no no no." and uh (laughs) bruce comes in out of the toilet one stage francesco comes up to me is that, is that the fucking guy you were talking about? That old fucking geezer there? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that, I'm fucking younger than that prick. He's like, that guy's waiting to be put in a fucking grave. Jesus Christ. I was like, oh my God. Ripping into poor fucking Bruce. I kind of like lost interest in Bruce after a while because he would constantly just say to me, when I he goes, ah, you know, ah, what the fuck was her name? Jesus Christ. I'm drawing a fucking blank here. Amir. He's like, you know, Amir is my favourite server. And I was like, oh, great. I, don't, I honestly don't fucking care. Like, big fucking whoop. I'm not fucking playing these little games with you in the fucking YMCA. But, um, I remember, um, one night I was in there as well. It was like maybe a Thursday or something like that. And, uh, there seemed, like, there was, like, uh, it was one of the few nights that we'd, like, open up the, open up the, the it was, like, kind of, like, glass doors or whatever, and it was a hot summer night, so, with, like, all the doors were open and everything like that, and then all of a sudden we heard, like, police sirens and stuff like that, and started, something seemed to be, like, kicking off, and the restaurant was completely full, and actually that night as well, the lead singer from, um, I don't know if anybody remembers from NME TV back in the day, We Are Scientists, uh, Keith McMurray was, was in there that night, it's really nice guy. Because a lot of musicians would come in because uh, um, it's a Warsaw, really, really nice venues around there. And, oh, what's the name of the other one? Very Ballroom. Anyway, yeah. So you'd get, like, the, the you know, Porches was in there as well when they had nice, cool guy, too, like that music. Mm. And then all of a sudden, anyway, back to leave off the fucking name dropping uh someone fucking fucking run sketch lads sketch boys straight runs past the restaurant and fucks something into the restaurant and the all the fucking customers obviously start freaking out uh because you know I, and it's just a thing over here i feel like ever since 9-11 everybody's always on, on kind of like whenever something like that happens everybody's on like fucking 
it's a hot fucking fuse. And, um, you know, I, I step up to the fucking plate and I go over. And people are, like, whispering. They're like, it's a bomb. It's a fucking bomb. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I'm not, no, you know what, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. And I go over. And I'm like, oh, what? And then someone's like, oh, I think a bit of it was is over there and some of it is there. And it was a fucking, uh, it wasn't a fucking bomb. It was a phone charger. It was some shitty, f- like, Samsung phone charger that, for whatever reason, the guy had, like, like thrown in through the window i was like what the fuck and i was like it's okay everybody it, it's fine like no need and everybody was like oh my god thank you thank you so much and i was like yeah, what are you gonna do very felt very heroic that night um but uh who and then who was one of the one of the other guys that we'd have in there as well he oh my god this guy just from the get-go i don't remember his name he probably has some fucking like hippie name or like a, like decided to start calling himself fucking moon or something like this this guy comes in one day and he's like hey do you mind if i um if i just try some of this uh carrot salad that you have here and i was like yeah sure i'll get you a little like whatever the fuck uh creme brulee's are fucking cooked in them um, jeez i'm fucking drawing so many fucking blanks here today I'm supposed to be able to draw like uh he fucking um and I, I, yeah, you know, give him a fucking sample or something like that. He goes, mm, incredible, my friend. Absolutely incredible. He's like, what's your name? How are you? And uh, so this guy keeps coming in or whatever. And he goes, let me tell you, Keith. Let me tell you, your uh, beet salad actually saved my life. I, I, and that, that is, that is, uh, you can quote me on that. And I was like, oh, uh, cool. And he's saying about how basically for the last, like whatever it was, like 17 years, all he's eaten was raw food. And because of that, he was like saying that he couldn't even like climb a uh, a set of stairs, and he couldn't even ride a bicycle because. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, "Yeah, your uh, your hemoglobin levels are a third of what they should usually be." And I was like, "Jesus, this guy's not gonna fucking give blood, get a fucking bourbon cream anytime soon." Mm. And so I'm like, "Oh wow." And so he, he, he comes in there and then, but this guy, for somebody, you know, that like, you're like, fuck this, this guy must be fucking ropey. And he's constantly fasting all the time as well. Like, like doesn't fucking eat for like, whatever, like two weeks at a time. All this fucking nuts stuff. I don't know what the, like, what the grounds for that are like, are, but, um, he, uh, he, um, he comes in again sometime then with his, with his, his new wife. And he's saying that, uh, oh, he goes, oh, just, you know, popping in real quick, just popping in, getting a little bit of uh, some of the watermelon, and we're going to go back up onto the, uh, up onto our roof, and we're going to sun gaze for the rest of the evening. And I was like, oh, so what's, um, what's sun gazing? And he's like, well, I'll tell you, Keith, I'll tell you, my friend. He, uh, he says, uh, sun gazing is basically when you stare into the sun for hours on end, and then you hallucinate, and you see these visions. I was like, what the absolute fuck? I was like, they're not fucking visions, chap. You are full on burning your fucking retinas off. And you're basically like watching scabs on the inside of your eye. I was like, you fucking kidding me? Like fucking vision. He goes, I remember I was like coming back from Burning Man. Of course. And uh, he goes, I remember I pulled in on the highway. And I, I got out of the car and I just sat on the bonnet. And I, I looked into the sun for many hours. And I, an angel came to me. And the angel said, moon or fucking stars, or whatever, Milky Way, uh, you're, it's, everything is going to be okay, and, 
at that I knew at that moment I was I was safe. I just felt so very very safe that time. And I was like, whoa, whatever fucking gets you off, man. I just fucking like enjoy like a nice beer or something like that. But uh, I'll look I'll look into the moon. You know, there's nothing uh, the moon won't drive you mad. The sun's the one that'll fucking drive you mad. I should fucking know. I got got very much told a lesson because I'm not the kind of guy that wears a lot of sunscreen. I'm not fucking lashing on the fucking fromish for a yacht play. But I remember like last summer we went out to Rockaway, uh, whoever myself and Ash and you was a Ewan and his girlfriend Leanne and Zoe, and uh, I I think it was because it was windy that day that I it, it didn't feel so hot, but the sun was very very much there. And uh, I feel like if those if that, that lad was fucking looking into the sun that day, he wouldn't have fucking had a, any fucking peepers left. He'd be fucking like two black holes in the middle of his face, which makes sense as well because his name's fucking Milky Way or whatever. But um, yeah, what and I, we, I think it's the case then we we're like, at the time like that day it didn't really feel so bad, and when we're getting the train back into like Brooklyn again, they're like sitting across from me on the train they're like have you are so fucking red and i feel like people constantly say that whoever i've been on a holiday with all oh, that's that's something that always comes with it you have fucking hell like and i was like yeah was like it's pretty fucking rough all right worse for them they were going into a fucking gig that night we were absolutely wrecked i remember we got back to the apartment and i was like uh you know, then it really fucking hit me, and I couldn't fucking lie on the bed and stuff like that, and it was just so fucking sore. And I was like, I, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll take a fucking cold shower, and that'll sort me out just fine. I went in, had the shower, came back onto the bed. Oh, pure agony! I like got fucking sunstroke. I like literally went completely mad. I was like laughing and like kind of like crying at the same time. I was like in hysterics, rolling around on the bed. The inside of me was hot. The outside of me was cold. I was like a fucking, I don't know, uh, a baked Alaska or something like that. I was, I was fucked. The terrible. I very much learned my lesson there. So definitely going to be putting on at least, at least factor 10, 20, with maybe a hint of, hint of uh, baby oil or something like that as well. Um, but... Uh, Speaking speaking of uh, restaurants, actually, I will tell tell a story that I very much enjoyed that I heard over here. Um, because I wasn't like not working in a restaurant this time around, but uh, I don't know. See, this is the thing as well. I I I don't know. Don't recall where I heard this story from or who it was, but I thanked them. Uh, but basically, it was about. It was um a friend of theirs was a server there working in somewhere like Upper Manhattan fancy enough restaurant and it was this old um big old lady that would come in uh that would come in now and then and she would always anytime she came in always came in by herself always ordered these um these clams in like uh a particular sauce or something like that thing is though my friends she would never uh eat them that was the thing she was like and they they, they didn't get over this and I know for anybody else that's ever worked in a restaurant before, you know, especially if it's fucking long hours, stuff like that, it's always the case, I remember in Jungle as well, if fucking a burrito or anything like that came back, I was going to fucking eat it, I was just like, fuck, I don't even, like, you know, you'd eye whoever was probably eating it, see if they had any fucking gingivitis or anything like that, but, uh, so whenever these fucking clams would come back in untouched, 
the fucking the whoever was fucking working that night would let loose on them because they were lovely. Like, who's not gonna fucking say no to a clam? And uh, even out of a <laughs> out of a man's pocket on the beach. But um, so you know this this kept happening. They come in and they'd be like, oh god, they'd be looking forward to the clams at this stage because if they saw her. And um, finally got to the stage and when one of the girls approached her and she goes, and the old lady was like, oh, you know, I think I'll go for the clam again. And um, they, they kind of speculated that maybe it was the case that, like, she was a recent widow and her husband always used to order the clams and it was, like, maybe, like, a connection between the two. But uh, she was like, you always order these clams, man, but can I ask you, you never seem to eat them. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's like, I like the clam, but... Uh, I, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to uh, seafood. So uh, what I what I do, I love the flavor. So I just I just pop them into my mouth and I have a suck, and then I spit them back out again. <laughs> I can only imagine, like literally, like oh, I can imagine that like some old lady's been gumming these fucking clams, and you pop, you're popping them back into your mouth again. Like a fucking, like you're a couple of big baby birds and she's a fucking big fucking sheagull or something like that. Stephanie Seagal. Um, but I think, that's that, yeah, more or less I feel like hit the mark for this episode. That was, that was pretty good, I gotta say. I was happy enough. I got, like when I did the first one there, like the other day, like a while ago, I was fucking like, fucking shitting it. I think it's like, it's it's very much, I feel like, comparable to that first page in a sketchbook when you're just like when you're going very lightly and then you're always gonna gonna make a fucking mistake i always used to not start on the first page and go like maybe two or three into it and then it'd be like come back to the first page once i like was happy but i feel like like because i'm constantly drawn over here and whatever i can fucking find so at this stage now i don't really and it's not a case as well i don't show my sketchbook as much so it's always just constantly just whatever kind of ideas and if I'm, like, trying to, like, learn any kind of, like, new techniques and stuff like that. One thing I'm quite uh, fond of now at the moment is the is the Muji stuff. I love those fucking Muji 0.38 pens. Bought, regrettably bought a 0.5, whatever, six-pack of them. But, uh, eh, you gotta make do as well, I suppose, at the end of the day. Mm. This hot chocolate is not so bad. I gotta say. Um... But, uh, yeah, I gotta call it. I'm gonna fucking head to Trader Joe's, get some fucking groceries, as they say. No need for a list at this stage, my friends. I know as soon as I go in there what I'm getting. I'm getting the most likely the, uh, pasta, of course. I think that goes without saying bread. Um, pen, I don't know what kind of grain, maybe. Uh, what else? I like the soy chorizo as well. That's pretty fucking good. And then uh, they're like kind of like off-brand Oreos as well. That oh yeah, they're like the nicest custard cream that you could possibly have. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna call it there. But I have a little treat for you, my friends, this week. Um, a good friend of mine, Robbie Stickland of uh, SpongeBob's Eyelashes, is gonna be uh, playing us out with one of his songs from his recent EP that he released last year. Big fan, big big fan. He's a he's a very very cool guy. I would have met him. He was like in our year in college. Um, cool guy. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he has in the future and looking forward to seeing him. But uh, yeah, and seeing you guys as well. Um, all right. God bless you. Have a good one.
much of a nose picker. And I show too many scars. I wish my mustache grew thicker. Last night I lost all my teeth. Trying to hide what I keep underneath I feel my friends think I'm no fun I didn't have sex till I was 21 I'm a nose picker and I pick my nose all day And I learn the hard way Because I let things get away Oh, and now she's gone it seems And I'll be too busy in my dreams I live with a hole in my chest Haunted by all the ghosts I put to rest In my dreams the skin I touch I never liked the real world much Maybe I've gone mad again but I'm just glad to be sad again And not feel so empty inside If nothing else I've made friends with my mind But I'm still a nose picker and I pick my nose till it bleeds